This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Jack Nicklaus will be on the show today, the greatest golfer of all time. Tiger Woods is close. He's If he's not one, he's 1A. But Jack Nicklaus, 18-time major champion. Tiger has won 15. Jack will be with us on sports on a Sunday morning, a conversation I had with him. We'll have that at about 1150 today, Brian Kelly. And before that, Tom Watson, who has some words about the game of golf that I think are really special. Uh, I, one of the things he said was that it's how you deal with the bad shots. It's the yeah. bad shots in golf that uh, are important. It, not the good ones. It's interesting. And it's kind of, he relates it to life. You know, how do you deal with tough things that happen to you? And so I, I, it's a good conversation. They're in town for the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. They're going to be towards the end of the show today, but we have a fun-filled show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to listen to, to Jack and Tom. They, I mentioned earlier how Tom Watson was always considered the third pro franchise in Kansas City <laughs> and uh, just a great, great guy. And Jack Nicholas taking part in helping out the Normandy golf course situation, which is just awesome. Uh such a historic golf course. I know people who are just totally dedicated to that place and to hear that he is going to help Tom O'Toole and the others, you know, revive and keep that alive. And, and they're going to use it to help the community. They're going to get the kids in that area involved. They're going to give them options. They're going to teach them how to, how to do a, you know, golf course maintenance. And, and there's a lot to it in the golf industry. And they're going to introduce young people to that through that golf course, and it's going to be an awesome development. So that's it's exciting. It is, and Jack uh, will go into detail about his history in doing this for many communities around the country, and quite frankly, around the world, he has spread the game. So he is still in sort of the fact-finding stage of this in terms of the St. Louis project, but he's very excited about it. In fact, mm-hmm. he said that what he is doing today with all of these projects is the most fulfilling thing of his career. Oh, he said yeah. even more so than playing and winning awards this may be his favorite stage of his career, mm-hmm. which I found really fascinating and, and awesome too. So uh, that'll be uh, Tom and then Jack to finish out the show. Starting out the show is going to be a feature here in just a second from Joe Pot on Ted Simmons. Uh, Joe was there in attendance for Ted's 
number retirement and statue dedication yesterday. Mike Schilt, a huge Ted Simmons fan, will be with us at 10.15, just around the corner. Then in the 11 o'clock hour, Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. 11.30, John Mosaloc, fresh off another trade deadline. John Lester and Jay Happ acquired at the deadline by the Cardinals, who lost yesterday 8-1 to the Twins and played today at 1.15. And after Mo, we'll hear from Watson and Nicholas. Big show ahead. Here's Joe Pot. After a 21-year Major League career and a wait of nearly 30 years, former Cardinals catcher Ted Simmons will be immortalized in the National Baseball Hall of Fame come this fall. On Saturday, Simba was given his due in St. Louis. A statue unveiled outside the ballpark and the number 23 immortalized inside the ballpark. Simmons said it was an honor for him and his family. Well, it's the biggest kind of thing that's ever happened to me, and certainly me and my family. They've all come in from various places, and to have them all here and see this, um, you know, they've kind of watched this from afar. You know, I've always been here, and they're Detroit people, and now many of them live in various places, California and Texas and places, and they only kind of hear about Cardinal Nation and St. Louis Cardinals and kind of, as I say, watch from afar. Today, I think they get it. Maybe for the first time, because there's a force here and around this place centered around this group of folks, and they saw it for real for the first time today. The afternoon started with the unveiling and the dedication of the Ted Simmons bronze statue outside of Bush Stadium. Simmons statue became the 12th at 8th and Clark outside the Cardinals team store, and it's the first time in 20 years that the Cardinals have added a new statue to the group. It's the first time ever at Bush Stadium 3, which opened in 2006. Simmons agreed it was particularly special to be a part of that elite group. If they put it under a tree out there on Kings <laughs> Highway, I'd shown up, okay? But out here with, you know, the rest of the statues that... Uh, means so much to Cardinal history. To join this group is really, I'm not sure I got a hold of this yet. I'm trying to wrap my arms around it, but you know, when you start thinking of Dizzy Dean and Mutual and and the others, um, you kind of scratch your head and think about it. And I might get used to it after a a while, but um, it's certainly one of the most incredible things ever happened to me in my life. And, of course, the honors continue for Simmons. On September 8th, he'll be officially inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame with fellow 2020 inductees Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, and Marvin Miller. So it might have been a long wait, but Simmons says, well worth it. And so I don't care who you are, what your age is, keep those dreams, and they will enrich your life. And the pursuit of them will be worth the chase. Three of them are about to happen to me. One did today, another one tonight, and five weeks from now, another one. So, charm life, lucky boy. It's me. I'm Joe Pot, KMOX Sports. Joe, thank you, and great job on that. Congratulations to Ted Simmons. We will hear his speech outside at the statue unveiling coming up after we hear from Mike Schilt live this morning on Sports on a Sunday Morning. The Cardinals manager is just a couple of minutes away. That is next on Sports on a Sunday Morning, the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. Use both your... 
time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schiltz. Welcome to the Mike Schiltz Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Base it loaded, two out. Do it, do it, do it. They put up on the board. Base it loaded, two out. The pitch coming. Knuckleball and a swing and a long one into right field. Way back. Might go. It might. It is a grand slam. Off the bat of Ted Simmons. How many times did he do that in the 1970s, 1975 to be specific right there? Jack Buck, the great Jack Buck with the call as Ted Simmons will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in five weeks. Yesterday, number 23 was retired in an on-field ceremony. And before that, a bronze statue unveiled outside Bush Stadium. Historic day for the Cardinals, no doubt. And... I know a good day for Cardinals manager Mike Schilt from that standpoint. You win games, you lose games. But the one thing that uh, you will always have is that Ted Simmons had his day. And we'll have more, Mike. And I know uh, how fond you are of the Hall of Fame catcher, Ted Simmons. Yeah, I've really, uh, got a lot of respect for Ted. His um, his legacy preceded himself in um, the minor leagues when I was coming up, you know, when he was our farm director. Just a really accomplished baseball guy, and uh, you know, a, a guy that had an awesome career that somehow went a little bit under the radar. Um, you know, maybe even nationally. I know some of the teams they played on weren't as strong, um, but this guy had a rightful Hall of Fame career, and it's really special to see. Um, I just love it as you do, Tom, because we care about this organization and we we love the the tradition of it. Um, in the in the the history of it, and see Ted come in, you know, and do his lap around the track, and to have the statue unveiled, and have his moment with the with the fans prior to the game, and to be recognized for what's soon to be an official Hall of Fame career is pretty special. Yeah, to hear his speech outside, and we're going to hear that uh, at the end of this hour. Let people hear it. it. It, I love how he relates things to life. Uh, he relates baseball to life, and and really is one of those people, I, I see a lot of that in you, uh, soaks in every day, uh, appreciates the moment, and appreciates where he is at every given moment. And I love how he said uh, to chase your dreams and the pursuit will be worth the wait because the pursuit is what keeps you moving every day and, and keeps you fulfilled, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, it is. You know, I love that too, Tom. I'm a, I'm a, I'd like to think I'm a big-picture guy. I love what I do. I appreciate the day-to-day grind of it. Um, I also have the, you know, I got into this for helping young people, you know, become and get the most of their God-given ability on and off the field. And, you know, part of that's just the growth process of, of life. And, you know, sports is, we talk about this and it's so true. It's such a great metaphor for life. Um, but there's so many teaching lessons within life. You know, the fact of the matter of what Teddy said is, is really super important. I think it's really healthy to hear is, um, you know, is to, is to chase your dreams, chase your passions. Um, you know, and it's it's a hard thing to do. There's a lot of obstacles. I think there's more obstacles now than I, – I think it's probably both, Tom. I think there's probably more ability to get resources that can help you with your passions and dreams. And I think there's more obstacles in place that um, can, can get in the way to deter them or discourage you. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's tremendous advice. 
um, to the people. And I love what he said, irrespective of age. Um, uh, you know, age is a mindset. We know our bodies get a little older. and We know, you know, Father Time's undefeated. But the mindset of being able to continue to do or have something that you have a passion about or to go for something, man, I think it's a great mentality to have. And, you know, the reason a lot of people don't is because, man, sometimes you don't make it. It stings like heck. Um, but uh, it's worth the worth the journey, and you keep keep grinding and keep going. You're appreciative of of what you're able to, to accomplish, and in many cases, in Ted's case, mine as well. You know, I still have some dreams out there for sure that requires our 12th World Championship. But um, you know, it's important that you go for it, and uh, it's a healthy message. It is, and he's a perfect example of somebody that waited. He did wait uh, for that call and finally got that call to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and we're incredibly excited for Ted Simmons. And just a couple more words about him from you. First, as a player, uh, I love the description of him as a force, and there was no doubt he was a force. In fact, uh, he could hit from both sides of the plate, and if you were to count the top 10 switch hitters of all time, I would think he would be on that list. I don't think there's any question. You know, I didn't get the luxury of seeing him play as much in North Carolina growing up other than, you know, game of the week type thing and all-star game. But, man, you just saw this guy was – he just came at you from an intense perspective. And then you realize, man, this guy's got some real talent. <laughs> yeah, this guy can hit. Um, you know, like you said, switch hitter, tough at bat, um, pop in his bat. I mean, this guy could, could really do it. And uh, one thing I, I remember thinking about him is – which is a great trait. I don't remember giving him anything away. Again, I didn't see him play a lot, so I can't say that. But, man, I just just stuck with me. Like, this guy's going to compete regardless of circumstance. And, and uh, those are the kind of guys that end up putting numbers that end up being Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, a tough, rugged player. And uh, same here, you know, I'm, I was born in 75, so I uh, was around for the tail end of his career. And my earliest memories are – of 82 towards the end of his career and the beginning of some great careers like the one here of, of Ozzie Smith who had competed for the Padres and then became a Cardinal and so many great years with Whitey in, in the 80s. But I hear from so many people that grew up in the, that era before me who said Ted Simmons is my favorite player, my favorite player. A lot of people have said I am absolutely going to be there on Saturday, July 31st because I can't not be there for my all-time favorite player. And I think it has to do with tough, rugged but also his positive outlook. And you had, as you mentioned, you know, a, a connection with him in scouting throughout the organization. I have to imagine those sit-downs with Ted and his perspective on the game had to have been fascinating to you. Yeah, my connection with him before I ever met him because he really um, left an indelible impression on a lot of the player development coaches and managers that helped mentor me coming up. I was behind Teddy when he was the farm director, but Mark John, who's my guy, um, that helped develop me in a lot of areas, especially, you know, running a bullpen. He learned all that from a lot of that from Teddy. And, um, you know, it was interesting because after the 19 season, um, Teddy reached out to DJ for my number and they started talking and they reconnected a little bit. And Teddy said, man, you really taught this guy how to run a bullpen. And, DJ said, well, I just taught him what you taught me. <laughs> and Teddy was, you know, I think he was encouraged by that. And then he reached out to me. And, and since then, um, we just had some good good baseball conversations. Not as many because he's not able to be around as much. Um, I texted with him in 
We're going to try to connect here soon. But, you know, I saw him at the winter meetings when it got announced. I was at his press conference when it got announced he was going in the Hall of Fame. And it was interesting because, you know, right after he had a, a, a gaggle of um, rightfully unpo- uh, reporter, reporters, excuse me, all around him after his press conference. And I just, you know, saw me and said, hey, congratulations. And he stopped and, man, we spent 15 minutes with everybody just kind of waiting for him to do this thing of talking about bullpens. <laughs> And uh, I thought it was awesome. He's a baseball guy through and through, lives, eats, breathes it, and he's a really brilliant guy that has a lot of a lot of wisdom and a lot of different ways to look at the game, and I enjoy the opportunity to, to pick his brain. He's a fascinating individual, no doubt. Super smart, good man, and so happy for Ted Simmons, who has his number retired, statue outside Bush Dame. That is the first time since 2002 when Ozzie got his uh, when he was going to the Hall of Fame, that they've uh, dedicated a statue outside Bush Stadium. So that is very, very special stuff right there. Uh, in the meantime, you know, talk about somebody who's going to get a statue. It'll be Yadier Molina someday outside Bush Stadium. And yesterday he goes two for three for your ball club, but uh, uh, and so did Nolan Arenado. But other than that, just offense was not there. The the, the Twins found a way to, to keep you quiet yesterday, an 8-1 win for Minnesota, Mike. Yep. Uh, you know, good kid pitched well. Um, got pulled after four, but threw the ball well, and they established a a fairly large lead early, and uh, we couldn't dig out of it. And on the other side, you had Jake Woodford uh, go three innings, and you followed up with a bullpen of McFarland, Miller, Garcia, and then uh, Miller, Justin Miller. And today, you'll have Adam Wainwright to try to make things right as the Cardinals go for a series win. I was at the game on Friday and uh, thought, well, what a solid win for the team there. I mean, you, you came right out of that trade deadline and put a good solid win together. And, you know, the thing that stands out, a lot of things in that first game and that Wade LeBlanc stepped in there and got the job done. You got a lot of lefties uh, at your disposal now in that, in that rotation. Well, Wade uh, was very good on Friday, wasn't he? Wade was great. Um, you know, it really was through strikes, through quality strikes, but in the zone, kept them off balance, able to cover damage, um, and, you know, left him out there with the bases loaded. Uh, one out in the fourth, you know, made pitches in traffic, which is big. And then we were able to do our part offensively. Um, O'Neal gets on, steals second, Yachty gets him over, Bader Cyclai gets him in. And then later, uh, Edmund with the big two-strike RBI triple down the – or double, rather, down the – two-run double down the right field line. And then uh, Goldie two-out double and Nolan with a with base hit to right to drive in for some insurance and Wade was good. Helsey was good. Gio was good. And Alex brought it home. Edmund, that was a big, big hit, big time. And the, the place got uh, rocking really good. I know you want to feel and hear and provide more of that as much as you can as the Cardinals had a big hit and then finished the job with Alex Reyes and the Cardinals won game one of this series, lost game two, game three is today. Edmund, I find that interesting about his left-handed, right-handed, uh, you know, he's trying to find a way. I know he's a student of the game and looks really close into matchups and, and what gives him a better edge. It looks like he feels like right-handed uh, is is going to, for the moment, be a, a better option for him. Uh, depending on the pitcher, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so he's, you know, got the three-run double um, from the left side. Yes, he did. I applaud him. I applaud him uh, highly. You know, really smart guy. Um, I mean, really smart. And uh, but also baseball smart because there can be a distinguished uh, distinction. But 
Um, you know, studies the game, paying attention to what he's doing, um, recognize he's got a good stroke from the right side, recognizes what his strengths are from the left side, um, and realizes that, you know, hey, um, there's some, certain guys where their ball moves, and that's the, that, this is how you use the modern technologies, I think, Tom. You recognize the profile of what um, guys' ball does. You recognize where your strengths are. Obviously, you want to continue to work on your your, your weaknesses, um, but you're smart enough to realize, you know what, this plays better for me um, with what I do from the right side against the way this guy's ball moves um, as a right-hander, and I'm going to take my bat. And I, I think it's it uh, just makes sense in a game that you're always looking for an edge. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, it's not always uh, lefty, lefty, righty, right, or, you know, righty against lefty as, as pitchers either. You do find some pitchers, don't you, Mike, where – you know, these a right-hander is especially tough on lefties or a lefty yeah, who can be very effective against righties. It does happen. It does happen, you know, and sometimes we make our decisions that people um, may not, in a traditional sense, understand. Letting a lefty face a lefty, sometimes you don't have a choice, you're bent, you're short, whatever the case may be, you know, the chance to, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, there are guys, we look at it before every series, Um I get notes. I look at it, figure out the why, um, as we do the preparation for the series. And I look down. I get the packet, and you know, there's a a guy that's maybe reverse split, either pitcher or hitter in the minor leagues. But now it's 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 gotten to more what's more normal in the big leagues, or vice versa, or this year. Um, and then you start talking about the sample size, and you know, uh, there's still a lot of gray area in where people think sample size makes sense. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, we like to value more recent. There's a lot of things in our game that are more projected um, that they encourage you to look at and figuring out what that balancing point is for all of it. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but there are some reverse guys that are, you know, last two or three years just a little bit better against the, 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 the same, side, um, same side. You know, so knows a little bit like that. He's seeing the ball pretty well. Um, but he's a little bit of a reversey guy. But right now he's hitting lefties um, and he's hitting righties. So we got to figure out a way to get him out regardless of who's pitching. That's right. Uh, Edmund and the Cardinals taking on the Twins today at 115. We'll take a quick break. We'll ask Mike Schilt about his two new pitchers, John Lester and Jay Happ. And we'll also look ahead at what's happening today with the club and a few other questions for Mike Schilt on the Mike Schilt show. It's 1030. Also his Dolan memory care homes, memorable play of the week is upcoming. You're listening to KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. I'm Tom Ackerman back after this. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt show sponsored by bath fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule on your voice of the Cardinals. KMOX. It's 1034, back on the Mike Schilt Show. The Cardinals manager is with us. I'm Tom Ackerman. Jay Happ, and then John Lester just before the 3 o'clock deadline on Friday, Mike. Your two acquisitions. You know, I heard uh, some people saying, oh, boy, that Cardinals rotation is is old. Boy, they got some old pitchers in there. I, I was, And I looked at, you know, they got guys in their late 30s. I was like, I'm like, wait, wait, what? I'm 46. What does that make me then? I mean, <laughs> these are some world class pitchers they they are they're putting together. And the other interesting thing is, but you got Wainwright, of course, but you have LeBlanc and Hap, and then you have Lester with his track record and Kim, who's been really good. But four lefties is 
uh, is unique. I don't know that there, I, I should have scanned before I said this, but I'm not sure that there is a rotation with four lefties in baseball. So an interesting look coming from your team. What did you think of the two acquisitions, Mike? Well, I applaud the opportunity to, you know, look to improve an area that we've, uh, for the last couple of months. And I say that, Tom, you know, we actually, I've been pleased that we've righted our ship with our starters um, since pretty much July, 1st of July. But, you know, when Jack went down, we had a, you know, about a five-week period where between Jack and, of course, Miles not being back and Carlos going down, and um, we just, man, we scuffled with our starters. Um, and we weren't able to get, you know, consistent, competitive, outside of Wayno uh, efforts. And then, you know, we were able to get KK on a little bit of a roll, and LeBlanc's been inserted in the rotation and done a solid job. And, you know, here comes two veteran presence guys you know, know how to get out um, you know, with, with Happ and Lester. And so, you know, now, of course, Jack and Miles are on the horizon. I'm sure you'll discuss that at some point in a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm excited. These guys are experienced guys. And, yeah, they're older, um, you know, and, and really it's um, it's all about if they get out. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 21 or, or, or 39, you know, if, you get in, if you're getting outs and, you know, all, all aboard um you know as far as the lefties go it's it's a little unusual it's 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 interesting because we've gone for a period of time here without any lefties on either side of the ball you know as many you know as as, as far as the balance go we added kk to the rotation so we've had a lefty the last couple of years we really haven't had many lefties and now um you're going to see some lefties if you're playing the cardinals yeah. uh, from a starter position yeah, and you know the, some of those numbers are favorable uh, against uh, the opponents, I and mean, we'll see how it plays out. But but against lefties, that could be you could be an advantage at times. Of course, it's just what you said. I mean, just get outs. I mean, look, no matter who you are, you wear that uniform. No matter how old you are, get outs is what you're looking for. And John Lester has been able to do it. I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, he's this guy has pitched in the biggest environments in the most high pressure situations. But the other thing, Mike, is that he was kind of like Adam Wainwright to the Cubs. I mean, he was the guy that they all looked up to. He offered advice and continues to offer advice. Uh, I think that's another interesting part of all of this is, is just another person with experience to help Wainwright and others out in there. I think it's great. Um, in that regard, hats similar. you know, yeah. they both pitch in high moments you know, the highest moments in, in the game in World Series, Lester in three. And, you know, like you mentioned, he was the he was the backbone of a lot of that Cubs team that won it. Um, you know, they had a lot of pillars, you know. Championship teams do, you know. I look back at our, our championship teams, there's, you know, you got the highlights of the of the Pujolses or the Wainwrights or the – but you can name them, you know, there's, there's depth. There's a lot of different to it. But anyway, getting back to Lester, this is a guy that – um, should be here any minute, actually. He's coming in this morning, and I'm excited to, to get to know him, uh, pick his brain, um, but I'm really excited about his presence in the, in the, on the club because he's a proven winner. Yeah, and as a pitcher, you're just looking to get those outs, and you've got the defense to make them. I mean, you don't have to sit there and strike people out. If you can put the ball in play and let your guys gobble it up, that's something that Hap, I think, Mike, at, at his best, that's what he's been really good at, hasn't he, is, is getting that ball on the ground. Um, uh, for the most part, he he has in his career stayed around this long for that reason. Yeah, you know, there's a reason guys are able to stay around. And <clears throat> first of all, the, one of the biggest things you think it's 
you know, somewhat common sense, but it's a learned thing, is, you know, guys don't beat themselves. Guys, they do all the little things. You know, they feel their position. They hold runners. Um, you know, they don't walk a lot of guys. They, they walk guys because they kind of want to sometimes um, to maybe try to see if they can get the guy to get himself out um, in a certain situation. You know, occasionally a guy has a tough at bat against them and they earn a walk. Very seldom they just walk a guy to walk a guy. You know, they walk a guy in a five pitches and, you know, with nobody out. So they just um, they give themselves chances. They know, And then the other thing is they get in a little bit of traffic, they get into trouble, and they know how to, okay, I just make my pitch here, I know how to get there. They go, they they bear down, not, you know, to the point of, um, like, tension, but they bear down, it's like, okay, I got to make a better pitch here. I got to, you know, I got to get my ground ball. Here's where my ground ball pitch is. And they just, you know, that doesn't guarantee anything. But when you look up and there's every single moment's a competitive moment and you understand how to compete in that moment, um, you know, you, you have success and it's a learned thing. And both those guys have learned to do it. That's why, you know, I don't know what their stuff is. We're going to find out. But you know that the, the moxie and the guile and the, and the understanding how to compete there, and, and that's a big part of this gig. Yeah, a big thing for you and for Mike Maddox. I haven't talked to Mike, and I wouldn't ask you to speak for him necessarily, but I'm sure he has to be at a, at a comfort level, too, of knowing, you know, whatever Mike uh, talks about, these two have seen a lot, right? I mean, that matters, that, that they they can understand and sort of diagnose uh, or digest what he's saying. Well, it's, you know, I, I talked to Mad Dog, and I'll share this with you. We talk about, uh, actually, he's Jack. As an example, I think I've been missing the show. Uh, and ironically enough, before he pitched in the L.A. game where he got hurt, but, you know, I mentioned to him, I said, is, have you gotten with Jack about going over the Dodgers? He goes, yeah, I'll have a talk with Jack. But Jack's already pitched that game five times in his head. <laughs> and he said, it's nice sitting down with Jack and Wayno, similar to LeBlanc, Hap, now Lester. You know, you're sitting down having a conversation with him. You're not sitting down explaining what it you know, what the lineup is. They've already done their preparation. They under, and I don't want to minimize that some of these younger guys haven't done their preparation. But it's similar to what Tommy Edmonds said that, that got really twisted around um, for people's own narratives and benefits and, 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 you know, whatever they're, you know, trying to champion. I remember that, yeah. Um, is there is a learning curve of what and how you're looking and studying. There just is. And, you know, the one of the things that guys break in here. And I talked to him, and I've seen it, and I've seen it for years. And guys that come to Big League Camp, because we always have a little – when they get sent down, hey, what did you learn out of Big League Camp? Oh, my gosh, I cannot believe the amount of preparation that takes place with these guys. And it's required up here. And it's learned. And you can say, well, aren't they teaching that in the minor leagues? Yeah, they are, but it's like any – it's human nature, Tom. You, you don't know unless you get there. And some of the smart ones, and there have been some smart young players that have said, hey, I hear you. I believe what you're telling me. Uh, I'm going to allow you to help prepare me for what this looks like. And and they end up being guys that show up here, and everybody says, wow, he's ready to go. And then the the veteran guys put their pieces in with them, and then they learn on their own experience, and that learning curve goes really quickly. Um, But when guys get here quickly, and they don't really know what it looks like, and they understand, and they relied on habits that – they formed, you know, at the levels they were, which got them by, and then they realized here against guys they, that have 10, 12 years of experience playing at the highest level against them, and they see that disparity, that's a, that's a, that's a gap. <laughs> uh-huh. 
And so to wrap it up, you know, when Mad Dog, he's helping them understand how it all works against high-level performers, whereas he's having a, a shared conversation with, you know, Wayno and Jack and Lester and Happ and, and Wade, and that's, that's, a, that's a difference. Same thing with Yachty calling a game. You know, he calls a game. He's calling a game based on what he thinks he knows can get out of this moment. And sometimes guys aren't able to execute that. Well, that's uh, okay. Well, that's still what needs to be happening. <laughs> so, you know, you get it. Yeah, yeah. And it, this is this is pitching, and this is, you know, it really is judged a lot on how do you get out of trouble when things don't go yep. well. And experience definitely helps you there. And this is why it's always said – that it takes a few years to learn how to pitch in the big leagues, no matter how good you are. Now, there are some exceptions to that. I mean, Jack Flaherty learned pretty quickly, but he's he's an exception. He's As you mentioned, he has that mind um, that goes along with the great talent. And speaking of him, he's starting today. He's going to start for yeah. Memphis against Gwinnett. I know you're excited to hear about this. And his first one went well. Uh, he went really well. I watched video of those two innings. He looked like the old Jack to me. Now, it just takes a little time, though. Um, and and patience to get him back out there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, Jack looks good. He's ready to go. And, you know, Jack's a great example. We just got through talking about um, very intentional coming up, very intentional about uh, taking advantage of his opportunities. I mean, there was a time there at the beginning of 2019, the first half, same thing with Dakota, um, you know, people rumbling, you know, and get him back in Memphis, get him back here. You know, what are we doing in the rotation? And, Patience required, patience required, patience required. And Jack takes off the second half, um, you know, was the best pitcher in baseball that second half. Um, Dakota ended up winning 16 games. And there was people saying, hey, man, he's, he can't stay in the rotation. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I, I understand why they were saying it. You know, it's a result-driven deal. Um, but both those guys were in the right mindset of how they were improving and, and going about it in the right manner so you could stay with them, but it does take time. Harrison Bader's getting completely the right amount of uh, um, accolades that he deserves right now. But, you know, he's going in on his parts of fifth year in the big leagues, and now he's kind of settled in. Um, Same thing with Tyler O'Neill. We just had more of those guys this year that we're trying to navigate through, and, and there's, you know, hence where we are. So many teams in search of athleticism right now across baseball. That's really the thing. You know, how do you get athleticism and get energy with your team? And you have one in Harrison Bader. Man, I mean, uh, James and I were just talking off the air during the break about how we were both at that game on Friday. And when you're in person, you even get a more appreciation for that man running the bases. He came flying around third to score the third run on Edmonds double and then popped back up and was jumping up and down. He has been a lot of fun for your club, hasn't he? A lot of fun, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy that, you know, feeds on it and um, love it. You know, and that's one of the reasons you mentioned about Ted Simmons, you know, Willie McGee. Um, it's one of the reasons Harrison's got one of the more popular jerseys that sell in our team store because rightfully so, people like guys that are tough and have heart and play hard. That's why Yachty's iconic. Um, that's why Wayno's revered. Um you know, those guys have those traits that, that people appreciate and that, that are winning traits. One more thing, uh, two more quick things before we go, because I know you got to get into the uh, back uh, to visit with the media here in a little bit. 
But uh, Michaelis, and I'll talk to John Mozeliak about it next hour also, but that's also good news. Uh, he says the ball's been coming out of his hand really well. I know the returns uh, from what you've heard, and he's going to pitch for uh, A Springfield. They've been good for Miles Michaelis. They've been favorable, too. You know, both him and Jack are in good trajectories and um, still have some, some ways to go. Miles does again on Tuesday. He alluded to Jack going today, but both of them are seeming good mental and physical spaces and are progressing nicely. Our Dolan Memory Care Homes Memorable Play of the Week. What would you choose for this past week, Mike? Uh, well, you know, we had some good moments in Cincinnati last week. Um, you know, had a good game in Cleveland, and then the opening game here was, was obviously positive, you alluded to. Uh, you know, let's go with Edmonds, um, basically clearing, you know, uh, three-run double that, that made it a 4-1 game. Yeah, I like that. Here it is. Tommy Edmond is trying to put the Cardinals on top, but he's down on the count one and two with two outs. The bases are loaded as Duffy pitches. Edmond lines it down the right field line. Fair ball. The ball veers into foul territory. Two runs score. Coming around third. Bader's trying to score. He makes it. Safe at the plate. A bases clearing double for Tommy Edmond. Edmond brought Bader all the way around from first. Once Bader got started, he wasn't going to stop. John Rooney with the call right here. The memorable play of the week sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com. That old Bush Stadium roar. There's nothing quite like it. See if the Cardinals can get another one today. And then after a day off, you'll get the Braves this week, Mike. We appreciate the time very much. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. You have a blessed day, sir. You too. There's the Cardinals manager, Mike Schultz, as the Cards take on the Twins this afternoon. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will hear the speech that Ted Simmons delivered to the crowd outside Bush Stadium yesterday as his statue was unveiled. 11 o'clock hour, Chris Blair, John Mosellock, Tom Watson, Jack Nicholas. Don't go anywhere. Back after this on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Ted Simmons going into the Baseball Hall of Fame in five weeks. But until then, some great Cardinals moments for him. How about this yesterday? He has his number 23 retired. No one again will wear number 23 for the St. Louis Cardinals. And for the first time since 2002, when Ozzie Smith had a statue dedicated to him outside Bush Stadium 2, Ted Simmons had his statue unveiled, and he said this. I'm getting used to this, but it's still taking a lot of time. It'll take a little longer, too. A few short words. Good afternoon to everyone today. Let's start here. Rule one. You all know the rule. There is no crying in baseball. Okay. If you all understand that, it might be something I'll get able to get through without making a fool of myself. What I need here are my glasses. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that would help. But oh yeah, now there we are. Okay. Bill, I thank you, the Dewitt family, and the entire Cardinal organization 
for making this weekend possible for my family and myself. I will always be grateful. To Cardinal Nation, I want to thank you for three things. Remembering my career, putting me in this red jacket, and providing the momentum that allows me five weeks from now to finally walk through the doors in Cooperstown. We all know the stories of little boys who dream of becoming major league players. Those little boys dream of being an all-star, playing in the seventh game of the World Series of being elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. They dream of their hometown retiring their uniform number. And they dream of a statue placed here next to all these great players. Of course, this grown man was just such a little boy. He's lived a charmed life all of his dreams came true. So he asks you, no matter who you are or how old you are, to dream. Dream your biggest dreams. They will sustain you. They will enrich your life. And the pursuit will be worth the chase. No matter how long it takes, even if it takes a lifetime, it will be well worth the wait. Thank you so much, and thank you all for coming today. I hope to see you at the ball game tonight. Go Cardinals. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Ted Simmons, what great words for all of us the Hall of Famer, honored at Bush Stadium yesterday. We'll come back next hour and hear a little racing from Chris Blair of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Big event coming up for them in three weeks. The Bomberito Automotive Group 500, NASCAR trucks, and IndyCar back-to-back the 20th and 21st. John Mosaloc, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations at 1130. And then Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas right here on KMOX. Don't miss it. Back after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.